Chapter Twenty Four of Curly by Roger Pocock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Twenty Four: The Saving of Curly. Miss Blossom was at the front door having great arguments with a man. If you got baby carriages to sell, says she, I claim to be a spinster, and if it's lightning rods, I don't hold with obstructing providence. If it's insurance, or books, or pianolas, or dress patterns, or mowing machines, you'd better just go home. I'm proof against agents of all sorts. I'm not at home to visitors, and I don't feed tramps. There now, you just clear out. Excuse me, ma'am, I know you mayn't. Allow me to introduce. No, you don't. You come to the wrong house for that. While well, I'm blessed if you're much more apt to get bit by my dog, cause your breath smells of liquor, and I'm enraged. Glad to hear it, ma'am. I congratulate the happy gentleman you've chosen. Well, of all the impudence, that's what my wife says impudence will the dog bite if i inquire for mr curly mccowman my blood went to ice and i reckon miss blossom collapsed a whole lot to judge by the bang where she lit Why, well, since you're so kind ma'am i'll just step in i heard him step in this way the lady was gasping for breath the dining room Wow, now, this is surely the prettiest room, and I do just admire to see such flowers. Miss Blossom came catfoot to shut the parlor door, and I heard no more. Carly was changing the cartridges in her revolver, as she always did every evening. Scared, she inquired, sort of sarcastic about the nose. Shut your head. Do you want to be captured? It would be a sort of relief from being so ladylike. Then a big gust of laughter shook the house, and I knew that Miss Blossom's guest was the whitest man on the stock range, Sheriff Brown. Naturally, I had to go and see old Dick, so I told Curly to keep good, quit the parlor, crossed the passage, and walked right into the dining room, one hand on my gun and the other thrown up for peace. Dick played up in the Indian sign top. Long time between drinks. Thirsty land, says my hand. Now may I inquire, says Miss Blossom. Wall, ma'am, old Dick cocked his gray eye sidewise. This chalk-eyed person remarked that he languished for some whiskey, upon which I rebuked him for projecting his drunken ambitions into a lady's presence. The way he subdued Miss Blossom was plenty wondrous for she let out to find him the bottle. Sheriff, says I, as we shook hands, your servant, sir. I left the sheriff part of me in my own pastures. Dick wrung my hand limp. I don't aim to ride herd on the local criminals here. So the hatchet is buried, and the chiefs get nose paint. Miss Blossom, ma'am, we only aspire to drink to the toast of beauty. He filled up generous. I looked towards you ma'am i do despise a flatterer says miss blossom but i saw her blush wow to resume said dick this lady's guest miss hilda jamison of norfolk in old virginia is entitled to her own habits 
she is wounded most unfortunate all day but all night she's entitled to bulge around in a free country studying moonlight effects she's due to be whipped says miss blossom mighty wrathful on scenes of domestic bliss it is not my purpose ma'am to intrude i only allude to the fact that this young lady was pervading main street late last night happy and innocent in a gale of wind which it blew off her hat good gracious yes ma'am and naturally the hat being pinned her hair was blown off too it blew off perhaps ma'am this hair doesn't fit and the best thing would be to shoot the party who made the ornament the young lady of course was in no way to blame if it flew down the street and she after it i rise to observe that deputy marshal pedersen being a modest man was shocked most dreadful and oh oh miss blossom went white as the tablecloth go on said i let's know the worst at once and he couldn't stay to help the young lady cause he was running to catch the midnight train thank goodness yes ma'am he was due in lordsburg this morning to collect a hoss thief and nobody else saw the way no ma'am only pedersen he came whirling down on me this morning at lordsburg with dreams and visions about a robber chasing a wig and a lady holed up in your home and the same being disguised as a woman but really a man and wanting two thousand dollars dead or alive for the wig which its name was curly it seemed a heap confused and unreliable this pedersen man says miss blossom is coming here to arrest her i mean him oh what's the use of talking speak man speak deputy marshal pedersen ma'am is now in prison arrested why sheriff says i what has he done to get arrested i dunno dick shook his gray head mournful i forget i had to exceed my authority a whole lot so the first thing i thought of was bigamy and confusion of mind i reckon i'll have to apologize and he's a low-flown crawler to beg pardon too you'll have to let him out i surely will meanwhile he's thinking of all his sins and he certainly looks like a mormon he never combs his heart but then you see i had to keep his paws off these honorable ladies until i could bring some sort of warning here besides if this person with a wig is really poor curly mccormick i feel that i done right what makes you think that bryant well i happen to know that them witnesses in the ryan inquest here was bribed to swear away the life of old balshannon's son the whole blamed business stinks of perjury i may be wrong you one-eyed fraud but when curly punched cows with you at holly cross i sort of hungered for him you see my missus and me couldn't come past a son of our own and we just wanted curly when he quit out from you all we tried to catch him but he broke away then came the big shooting match six dead and balshannon quits out in the gunsmoke and you and the two youngsters outlawed for trying to save him that's how i reads the signs on this big war trail and being only a crazy old plainsman i takes the weaker side he reached out his palm 
Put her there, you one-eyed hoss thief, and you'll know that there's one official in this whole corrupt and filthy outfit who cares for justice more than he cares for law. With warrants out against me on various charges and the grave city stranglers yearning to make me a corpse, I had come on this visit feeling plenty bashful, so it was good to have a genuine county sheriff acting chaperone. The ladies gave us a great sufficiency of supper, and then we made Curly swear faithfully not to go hunting wigs in the moonlit streets. Afterwards, the ladies went to roost, and we two men, having tracked out to tend the horses, made down our beds in the barn loft. Next morning, my natural modesty and certain remarks from the sheriff made me hide up out of sight, but Bryant went to town and did my shopping. He bought me an iron-gray gelding, which I had always longed to steal, because he was much too good for the tenderfoot doctor who owned him. It shocked my frugal mind to pay a hundred dollars cash, but Bryant was liberal with my money, and the horse was worth a hundred and fifty, anyhow. He got me a second-handed saddle, snaffle, rope, blanket, a dandy pair of shacks, leather armor for the legs, spurs, belt, shirt, overalls, boots, sombrero, and all cowboy fixings. If I was to take young Curly back to Robber's Roost, she needed a proper trousseau, especially being due to meet Jim. I hate to put up all dull particulars, but I ought to mention that Mutiny Robinson had located a good showing of silver. The second east extension of the contention mine on my land at Las Salinas that is why for he put up six thousand dollars cash for my water spring fencing and adobe house getting clear title to the land which held his mineral rights it grieves me to think of mutiny grabbing all his present wealth because i couldn't hold down that place without being lynched such is the fruits of getting unpopular and i might preach a plenty improving sermon on the uncertainties of business the immorality of being found out the depravity of things in general the cussedness of fate mutiny waited sly while i plunged around conspicuous so now he's rich setting a good example while i'm as poor as a fox what with my bank deposit and the sale of my home dick brought me back nine thousand dollars in cash likewise i had in my war bags the money which mccalmont had trusted to my care for curly's dowry i gave dick charge of all this wealth taking only a thousand dollars for present expenses and stuffed the same in the treasure belt which i carry next my skin these proceedings were a comfort to me for i am here to remark and ready to back my statements with money arguments or guns that the handling of wealth is more encouraging to the heart than such lonesome games as the pursuit of virtue besides the plunder and Curly's trousseau. Dick brought me chocolate creams, a new breed of rimfire cigars just strong enough to buck, a quart of pickles, and some medicine for our thirst. The old drunkard knows what is good, and before supper we sat in the barn with these comforts, talking business. It needs such surroundings of luxury to get my thoughts down to any manner of business for i hold that office work is adapted to town shops only and not to men bryant and i had the misfortune to be named in lord balshannon's will as his executors 
to ride herd on his gym until such time as the colt could run alone in this business my co-robber had taken action already annexing the trainload of breeding cattle which had been stolen by jabez white stone these cattle were sold by auction and dick held the money swearing that nobody else but jim should get so much as a smell with regard to holy cross dick as sheriff had seized the old hacienda and the same must be sold to pay balshannon's debts to the ryan estate it seems that michael ryan claimed this plunder and that jim the natural heir had stolen michael there it stands says dick who has a legal mind until jim skins his mate that set me thinking of michael he was not likely to be special fat after his ride with the robbers i doubt says bryant that so shortly as jim does the skinning that ryan duck ain't got a tail feather left with these remarks he slanted away back to town having agreed to sup with the city marshal as for me i lay in the corn chucks full of dim wonderings about that pedersen person cramped in the cooler at lordsburg on bryant's charge of bigamy and confusion of mind the question was would he stay put the arrangement made with pedersen was only temporary not permanent like a proper funeral moreover in his place i should have felt mournful and ill-used i should have put up objections and struggles to find my way out suppose this person escaped or got loose by his lawyer or sent curly's address to the brave city police i was afflicted with doubts about said pedersen and my mind began to gloat on the joys of absence so i saddled the horses got ready for the warpath and watching until it was dark enough made a break for the back door of the house carrying curly's outfit to judge by the clatter in the house something had happened and when i broke in on the ladies i found them having hysterics over their copy of the weekly obituary i slung the cowboy gear to curly and bade her change herself quick because we must hit the trail on that the clatter got to a crisis as it does in a hen roost in the case of fox miss blossom called me all the names she could think of miss pansy sobbed at having to part with her little private robber miss curly whirled in telling the news in the paper all of them wanted to talk so i surely played fox to that hen roost chasing miss pansy out to pack us a lunch for the trail grabbing the paper from curly and scaring miss blossom with bad words until she got tame enough to attend to business she took curly into the bedroom and there was a sort of lull while i got my ears to work at the back door it's a true fact that i have a sort of sense which warns me of danger is coming it makes my hands tingle as if they were full of prickles and my heart beats loud so i can scarcely hear that minute i stood at the back door felt like whole hours of waiting so that i wanted to howl close by me in the kitchen miss pansy was sobbing about the bad words she had heard and through the mosquito netting i could hear miss blossom oppressing curly while she changed her clothes i folded the newspaper and jammed it into my pocket studied the lay of the stable door to see how quick i could get the horses out and pulled my gun loose for war away towards the town i could hear the rumble of wheels half a mile 
coming on rapid miss pansy i called she quick ran this curly's in danger says i brace up act brave and when this wagon stops at the door meet the men who try to break in tell them you're not to home and give em some christian science she went quite cool to wait by the front door and now i could see the dust of a wagon come up against the afterglow in the sky miss blossom i called roll curly out through that window just as she is quick oh but curly i shouted come out coming fix that bed miss blossom lay in it with curly's wig and prepare to play dead curly came tumbling through the mosquito bar in the window dropped on her feet like a cat horses i whispered and she ran her spurs clattering outrageous along the gravel path the wagon had pulled up to the front gate somebody shouted i heard miss pansy screeching like a cougar and a man came surging past the side of the house lifting his gun to draw a bead on curly as she ran i jumped behind felled him with my gun butt and bolted what with miss pansy's shrieks and the shouting of men the clatter had got to be a whole disturbance rousing a quiet neighborhood as i ran i could hear miss blossom calling go away you rude men scat it seemed to me that time was worth a million dollars a second while i held the back gate by the stable and curly rode through with the horses straight on to the open range as i swung to the saddle i heard the house door battered in with a crash of breaking glass hold on said curly reining in her horse i was forgetting the searchers were swarming through the house and for my part i was full content to depart without telling them any good-bye your skirt says curly you coward you stay here then feeling for blood with her spurs she sailed at full gallop along the outer side of the garden fence at the first shot from the yard she ducked throwing herself until she hung indian fashion along the off side of her horse a bullet trimmed my back hair as i followed gun flames blazed from the back porch and the windows as we shot past the house the bullets were singing all round us our horses were crazy with fright but then we swung round the end of the garden fence running full tilt against the standing team of horses which the police had left in the road the shock stampeded them but curly swerved clear of their rush rolled back into the saddle raced abreast and shot both horses down a minute more and the firing died away behind us for we were racing neck and neck across the desert curly had left the police to follow afoot but now she began to weaken for because she had played the man she broke down and sobbed a woman we had been running maybe two hours when we pulled up on the top of a hill to rest our horses far down to southward the electric lights in the city made a silver haze of small specks glistening as though a scrap of sky had fallen there high in the south orion rode guard upon the star herds and the night was so still that we were scared to speak i wanted to smoke but on a night like that the striking of a match may be seen for miles around so i took a bite at my plug and ate tobacco instead then as curly and i sat on a rock together listening i heard a bear cough because his nose got dusty 
grubbing for ants a coyote was singing the hunger song and miles away to the east a ranch dog answered him then curly's horse scrunched up a tuft of grass and my beast pawing startled a rattlesnake the little woman beside me whispered then surely the lord makes his big medicine for us for snakes and robbers wolves and bars only the folk down thou can't see him cause they got electric lights instead of stars which them two poor ladies says i gets gun flame by way of lamps to cheer them up to-night i hate to think how we all stood their peace still bright has stroked their fur by now she sighed them visitors rumpled me too and all my brussels is pointing the wrong way still do you reckon curly i asked that the city marshal is hoping to trail us by starlight not to her she yawned except maybe he's got smell dogs guiding his possum yes i remember a while back the marshal bought a team of bloodhounds she didn't seem to take much interest so i propose that we roll our tails i see his lantern said curly there it is again we got a ten mile start i saw the glimmer then come on said i poco tiempo says curly i'm fearful sorry for them poor ladies yonder i dragged her away and we rode on throwing the miles astern every two hours or so curly would give the horses a rest and a taste of grass a trick she had learned from indians which kept them fresh for a trail the night was cold with a little lazy wind as curly called it too tired to go round so it went right through us just before dawn we crossed a clay flat holding a slough of mud and found it hard with frost when water goes to sleep with cold says curly a smell dog's nose ain't going to guide his legs this frost is due to send the posse home at dawn they'll see our tracks dawn broke and we were rising a slope of sand drift with acres of naked rock ahead of us ha said curly leading me to the left until we entered the rock field gee she called and we crossed the rocks to the right follow the rocks shy wide of any sand i followed for a mile until a little hill shut off the route we had come by dismount she said and i stepped down by the edge of the sands she made me take the saddle blankets the oilskin coats and a serape mexican blanket and make a pathway of them across the sand on which she rode leading my horse while i renewed the track in front of her for a couple a hundred feet so we left horse sign on the sand which looked a whole fortnight old then gathering the clothes i mounted and curved away among sandhills for half an hour sailing along at a lope until we came to a patch of granite grass let the hosses graze said curly and sat side saddle resting while she smoked a cigarette i did the same and the tracks we left now were those of grazing horses not those of travellers then i resaddled and all set we rode off again to the north the frost had spoiled our scent the blanket play and grazing play had sure discouraged trekkers curly says i you heap big engine a little small robber she answered giving away trade secrets 
a few miles northward we circled up beyond a ridge of hills to a good lookout point from there we could see the marsh's posse small as ants in the distance ranging around on the rock flat from whence they presently crawled off south looking a lot subdued then i unsaddled while curly killed out a few centipedes scorpions rattlers and other local vermin to make our sleep comfy under the rocks at noon when the heat awoke us we rode on to texas bob's big spring reaching his camp by sundown there we made up for lost mails by taking in four at once mrs bob gave us jerked beef spiced bread and coffee her wild-range kids rubbed down our horses watered them and fed the old gentleman himself poured in his best advice until curly crept off to sleep as for me i felt good sitting there in the hut of cactus sticks watching the gold grass slowly change to gray and great big stars come out above the hills the long hair lay like silver around the old man's shoulders the white beard pointed short wagged over his deerskin shirt his kind eyes wrinkled with fun and all his words were wisdom absolute i reckon he's the wisest man in all the southern desert and when i told him the things i ought not to have done he showed me better how to act in future stealing a woman says he is different from stealing horses you can make the hosses forget their home range in a month but a woman will sure break fences to quick back to the man she wants this curly will run to her mate and war they graze there ain't room for you in the pasture the good book says no man shall put them asunder and the rules of right and wrong ain't got exceptions don't you try to steal curly in all my life i never needed a friend so much as i did that night but when curly and i hit the trail the old scout reached me his hand put her right there chalkeye says he it's mighty hard at times to stick to the rules of the game it's so easy to go crooked that it takes a man to play straight and you'll play straight adios all night my mind was at ease and when day broke again we were into the superstitious mountains so i led curly down towards echo spring and gave the long yell to my boys where they lay in camp End of chapter twenty four